Hi, and welcome back to Kessel Run Relay, a Star Wars podcast. Our episodes drop at the beginning of each week, and you can follow us on social media. Our links will be in the description. This week, we'll be discussing the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 3, called The Apostate. But before we get into that, hi, I'm Liv. Um, I use she, her pronouns, and you can find me everywhere at Olivia Amidala. Um, my brain worm of the week is um, just just the events of Hidden Empire 4 and their consequences. Oh, God. I, I'm so scared. I am so scared. <laughs> I don't know what else to say besides I am so scared. Kira. Kira, what? Stop. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> also, not the preview for Bounty Hunters 32 S- basically spoiling, spoiling Hidden Empire 5. Empire. So now my leading prediction for what will happen to Kira, it's it's it can't happen. So I am very scared. <laughs> Anyways. Emily, would you like to go next? Uh, hi, uh, I'm Emily, pronoun she, her. My social medias are uh, StardustM on TikTok and at underscore StardustM on Twitter and Instagram. My brain more of the week. I'm sorry, I have not been thinking of Star Wars. So it is in fact, Eddie from Daisy Jones and the Six. <laughs> my silly little hateful little man <laughs> number one billy <laughs> billy dunn hater for the win <laughs> i have no idea what those words mean but i'm sure they're applicable, <laughs> they're applicable. claire will understand <laughs> claire and ari uh hey absolutely so hi everybody my name is hayden i use she her pronouns you can find me on social media on TikTok at taika.ytiti, even though I have not used TikTok in like a month because I'm very busy, if you can't tell. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram at mcuytd. And my brain worm of the week is reyossified balance. Just full on reyossified balance. Because we got him in the Bounty no Hunters 32 preview. We got him in Bounty Hunters 31 which we have to talk about and we'll probably spend a lot of time on. And I I just missed my baby girl, my sweet cheese, my good time boy. I love him so bad. Um that's that's it for me. So what happened this past week? Um we we learned that John Favreau and Dave Filoni don't communicate with each other oh my on gosh. the timeline of their show. I think Dave um, has to be right. Dave's timeline makes way more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the, like the entire show, it's like there's no there's no time jumps. You and you can tell when you watch the episodes back to back. Like it's all in consecutive order. I and don't like I get I, I get, get that like hyperspace travel and going to different planets that like fucks with things. Cause like that's why like Rogue One, it feels like it takes place. Like, that's the thing. It, like, has their time drugs, but, like, because they're traveling, it, like, adds a day or something to it. Mm-hmm. But, like, so I get that, where it's, like, that's going to add on, like, we don't know. Like, maybe it did take them a week to fucking travel to 
see Bo-Katan, but there's no way that it's been like, even, even he was misquoted, I guess, but even the misquoting thing, it was like, and they're like, I think it's been two years. I was like, that feels way too long. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Like I was, I was going to give him the benefit of the doubt because that quote came out before season three aired. So I thought, okay, maybe there'll be a time jump for that first episode of season three. And then it, it wasn't, it was like directly after Book of Boba Fett. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck is he talking about then? (laughs) I, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know what else happened this week or recently since we recorded <laughs> we saw cocaine bear and I have been thinking about nothing but how fucking sexy Alden Ehrenreich looked, that mo- looked in that movie he had a mullet his chest was hairy his biceps in the last scene he's a dad like he had a, he had a tattoo <laughs> oh my god I and his name is Eddie. So Eddie. <laughs> so that's two strikes for brain rot that that's two strikes have for Eddie brain rot. Yeah, no, I I tweeted that and I was like, if I had a nickel for everything that I watched this one that included <laughs> a character named Eddie, a Canadian tuxedo, and cocaine, I would have two nickels. <laughs> oh my god. I I genuinely could not focus throughout the movie because I was so focused on looking at Alden. It was, it's kind of bad. It was kind of bad. But the cocaine bear was great. And I mean that like the full movie was great. Not just Alden, although he was very sexy. And also Ray Liotta was his dad. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but. It sounds like, and they were like in, in memory of Ray Liotta. I was like, was this his last film role? I think it was. so. That's iconic. Truly yeah. iconic. So true of him. And I mean, really, really when it comes down to it, Cocaine Bear is just a single mother trying to provide for her family. She's a single mom who works two jobs, who loves her kids and never stops. never stops. And that's what's really important. And like, and really the, the message of the film, we should all appreciate our mothers. So <laughs> true. So true. Thank you, movie about a bear who does. The bear did cocaine. All that has can... lines other than the bear did cocaine. Can you okay. guys believe it? <laughs> also, if I was like, also got to watch this movie this month. Female directed, female led. <laughs> That's why I'm going to go see it again. Like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <sighs> That's your one act of feminism this month. So true. So true. <laughs> and buying the Peach Momoko covers, which by the way, so true. I went to the comic book store this week. I bought I bought 15 comic books. You can do the math as to how much that works out to because I bought so many fucking variants. There's the Black History Month variants by Mateus Monhanini, which are fucking beautiful. There's the Peach Momoko Women's History Month covers. There's the the the, the little like slit covers for Hidden Empire. <sighs> yeah, I know how much money I spent just getting the normal covers last week alone. So I'd, I don't want to know how much money we spent. <laughs> It's bad. 
<sighs> well, anyway, if that's all that happened in the past couple weeks, we have also, oh god, uh, battle scars comes out. Battle scars. Battle scars. I should watch a uh playthrough of Fallen Order so I can actually read it. <laughs> I still I still haven't bought it, which is bad because Fallen Order was the thing that got me back into Star Wars. And fun fact, it was announced on my birthday as we were standing in line for Rise of the Resistance at Disney World. Mm-hmm. So true. I'll, um, I'll... Didn't you buy the Cal Saber later? Yes, I did. Too? Yeah. And I still have not bought Battle Scars. <laughs> I was planning on picking it up in store anyway, so. <laughs> I don't have a Barnes & Noble near me. They had one, but they closed it down to build this research facility. They like closed down an entire shopping mall to make it a research facility i don't know i don't know what the fuck they're doing here anyway they kicked kicked out my barnes and noble um and then they just moved across the street (laughs) good for them yeah (laughs) and it's a better location because it's right by it's right by the target so it's a really ideal shopping location for me that's like the perfect little plaza right there barnes and noble and target that's the plaza I took you to when you came to visit. Yeah. And it had the Target, the Barnes the and five Noble, below. and the Five Below. Oh. Like, all right beside each other. Perfection. That's a dream come true for me. It was beautiful. Perfection. <laughs> well, besties, we have yet another listener question from the bestie, Jacob Boosh, on Twitter. <laughs> So that question is, with Star Wars Celebration London rapidly approaching, how is everyone feeling about the event? After attending Anaheim, what are you approaching differently this time? And what advice would you give to first-time attendees? The feeling that I'm feeling currently, as it is 30 days until I get on my plane to leave, is (laughs) stress. Stress because I still have I to finish multiple cosplays. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to plan our panels and I have to pack and mm, stress. I'm very excited, but I'm also very stressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am also feeling very stressed because I am naturally an anxious person. I currently don't have a way to get to LAX. I Uber. We did. We did take an Uber. <laughs> we did. We we were in a silly, goofy mood, and we decided to Uber to Disneyland. However, <laughs> I still don't have a, ta- a way of getting to the airport. I'll figure it out probably the week before. <laughs> but I'm very excited, but also stressed, as is Liv. Because one of my cosplays isn't here yet, and I just ordered another piece of the cosplay today while we were on the call. <laughs> but anyway, um, after attending Anaheim, what are we approaching differently in the, this time? And what advice would you give to first-time attendees? Live we're gonna eat. this up. Eat, eat, Please. yeah, eat real eat. food. <laughs> no, not just fruit cups. And fruit not just fruit cups and bagels. You have to eat real food. <laughs> bagels and coffee find like the actual like cafeteria or like whatever like no we hayden and i have discussed we are going to go to like a tesco or whatever and just like buy food there and bring it with us because Mm -hmm. you're allowed to do that 
yeah you're mm-hmm. allowed to do that you were yeah. we were allowed to do that don't do what we do <laughs> we, did. we, didn't we do were that. stupid <laughs> Uh, definitely bring, I did this last year, but definitely bring a like portable charger. Definitely. For your phone. Bring a water um, bottle, like an yes. empty water bottle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. A hundred percent. Comfortable Advil. shoes. Yes. Advil and comfortable Advil. shoes. Comfortable if shoes. If you are one of us crazy people who do cosplay, get insoles for your shoes. Yes. I was just about to say, I had a pair of boots that I used for all four cosplays last year. I got them a size bigger so I could put double layers of insoles and like, like, like heel inserts so that mm-hmm. I wouldn't get blisters. Best decision I ever made. After four days walking on concrete in cosplay boots, my feet were fine. So definitely get insoles for your cosplay boots. Like, um, I just bought some insoles from Amazon for boots. I got a pair of boots from the thrift store. Um, and I wore them normally and they were kind of uncomfortable. So I was like, okay, I'm going to buy some insoles. I actually got like the heavy duty, like they're supposed to be for work shoes, Mm -hmm. like for people Mm -hmm. who wear work boots. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I'll be on my feet all day and I'll be walking around. So I figured it'll be applicable. And they were like, I think 17, 18 bucks. And that's on Canadian Amazon. So it'll probably be cheaper on American Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. I brought a little like because both Liv and I had our lounge flies mm-hmm. uh, that we carried, and that's really nice for especially small stuff that you're gonna get. Um, like especially like they sell a lot of pins and stuff, mm-hmm. but like just know that like you will probably at some point during the day be carrying around like a bag yeah. of like <laughs> like yeah. just know that and know that like you're gonna have to like set it down for photos or have someone mm-hmm. yeah. hold it. Uh, yeah, like and bring an extra tote bag. Like yes, yes if that's you're, a good if, point. If they, you're wearing a lounge fly like us, just fold it up and put it in your lounge. Fly. They gave they us little it. like fold up bags last us, year. Yeah, yeah. They gave us one at Will Call, mm. and I used it, and I still use it. I have it in my car, and I'll use it. Uh, it's nice. <laughs> it's play. Um. Another thing I would suggest is because I had the silly little knapsack. I didn't bring the lounge fly because I just bring way too much shit everywhere. And I also at one point had to bring like 30 comics. So that wouldn't fit in my lounge fly. Well, but I mean, another you thing, didn't have to, but you Well, did. yeah, you but now I don't have to, to anymore. I chose to, but I'm also insane and need everything or else I will forget something. I'm one of those people. But another thing that a lot of people don't think about is the amount of posters you're going to get. So I brought a couple of poster yes. tubes from FedEx and I kept them in my in my suitcase and at at celebration if you get into like one of the exclusive panels you got like a free poster so when you went to pick up your poster you also had the option to buy like a plastic poster sleeve so what i'm gonna do because i'm gonna i'm gonna go back home before i come back and then i leave for london i'm gonna bring the poster sleeve here so that i could have that so it doesn't get like your sleeve was so nice yeah mm-hmm. that was we got them for the andor posters and it was mm-hmm. so nice because every all of the other art and stuff I bought fit in it and so I could do mm-hmm. I just put it at the bottom of my suitcase and I didn't have to worry about yeah. my posters getting bent or you know torn on the way mm-hmm. home and especially for like since uh basically everyone or most of our American friends will be taking very long flights I feel like mm-hmm. that's important yeah. <laughs> Uh, and definitely else? leave room in your suitcase yes. or bring yes. another one. Like know that you are going to buy, buy things there. <laughs> so leave yeah. space 
Yeah. Like it, it's like you know, big a bring a big suitcase, make sure it's under mm-hmm. 50 pounds. Like know that you will buy a lot of stuff there and it's not and that's also it's gonna it might be weird shape stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I ended like- up like I bought Funkos and I just like ended up leaving like I took them out of the boxes and shoved them mm-hmm. in to try to fit them like mm-hmm. like this year I think I have a carry-on included with my normal like checked luggage so what I was thinking of doing is like packing like a duffel bag mm-hmm. in my checked luggage and not bringing a carry-on mm-hmm. when I go to England but when idea. I come back I can just shove all of my clothes and cosplay like the soft stuff into the carry-on and then whatever I buy there, I'll just put in the suitcase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a uh, definitely don't like say you like accidentally like cut yourself while shaving before and like you just put a little bandaid on your ankle and then like for four days you just like forget to take that bandaid off. So then when you come home and take it off, you have like a weird little rash <laughs> the size of a bandaid. I uh, <laughs> definitely don't do that. <laughs> And then you have to go to a work retreat and you just have like a weird like red rectangle on your ankle. So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Depending um, on your interests, because I know um, my interests are a little niche. So I need room for comic books and maybe not mm-hmm. Funkos, but definitely bring books. room. Books. books. That's also it. If yeah. you can... And you know certain authors are attending. I would almost just recommend bringing the books that you already have, because yeah. I didn't bring any, and then I ended up buying several copies of books that I already owned because I wanted to get them signed. Like I wanted to get Midnight Horizon signed. I wanted to get Bloodline signed. Uh, so if you know that's happening, do that. Or like at least for the High Republic authors, you can also just buy one book and have them like all sign mm-hmm. it like I know several people did that where like they had like a copy of Flight of the Jedi and the, like all of the phase one mm-hmm. authors signed it but like that's and books are bulky so also yeah for that's another that. it might be easier to bring them on the way there um than trying to stuff everything into your suitcase mm-hmm. yeah and if you're a person that like cares about that also be careful about like as you're packing uh, I I always do mine in just like plastic, like gallon sized plastic bags to protect them from getting scratched up or dented. Mm-hmm. That's why I do this all the time in my backpack or in my luggage. So would just throw a couple of those in there mm-hmm. uh, to protect your books or like other stuff that you want to get maybe that like you don't want to like get scratched up in your luggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Um... I would say definitely bring cash and don't just rely rely on cards, especially if you're American, because some vendors prefer cash and they won't maybe have like a Venmo or something because Venmo isn't a thing in London because they can do bank transfers. (laughs) So yeah, definitely bring cash. Um, And yes, Emily, what were you going to say? Have fun. Be be open to like, uh, you know, you can always try to plan your day, but definitely be open to like, things popping up like um Mm. like I don't know like I was walking around and like I didn't know like there was gonna be like a Rogue One meetup so like I ended up going to that and that was so fun there was a lot of stuff that I think like we did or people we ran into that like we didn't necessarily plan to do but like we ended up having 
fun doing it. So just like be open to like your plans changing. Um, because like, I think like, if you're so set on like, I definitely want to do this. Sometimes I think you'll miss, you could miss stuff that could be yeah. really cool and really fun. Um, and also don't get like too panicked if like you have a group and like we get split up. Like I know like constantly, like we were getting jostled around. We were with different people and different groups. We'd come together, we'd split up again because people wanted to do different things. So like also um, be open to that. And, like you'll like, it's really it's actually a lot easier to talk to people that maybe you didn't know before, like only knew online than you mm-hmm. think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's really, I found it really easy to like strike off conversations with like some people I didn't even know and didn't even follow at the time mm-hmm. until after celebration. Celebration like Georgia, I met them while we were waiting in line to get books signed and we had to wait forever. And we just talked about like their cosplay and like all this stuff. And now like we're Twitter mutuals, we're friends, we talk a lot. So like stuff like that, like it's it's a lot easier to talk to people than you might think you are. So if like you're nervous about that, um believe just me. Feel like everyone yeah. you'll be fine. Everyone is nervous. Everyone yeah. is nervous. Everyone is excited to be at this place where you can talk about the thing you love for literally four days straight. Yeah. You are gonna have a blast. That's really the beauty of Star Wars celebration is that you mm-hmm. know everyone there love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. as much as you do because yeah. every, every day we're we're all probably like oh my god I am an insane crazy Star Wars person <laughs> but when you're at celebration you are surrounded by on the insane same level crazy Star Wars people yeah people. <laughs> so like and don't get I don't get worried if somebody like doesn't recognize you right away because like in cosplay when people like don't mm-hmm. know like your face or like you're like hi I'm like Emily and they're like I don't fucking know an Emily ask like, me about my just, Tommy like, story oh, oh my yeah, god like, just like just like be willing to be like oh I'm so and so on on Twitter or TikTok yeah. or Instagram like mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't recognize you right off that don't like get like worried like they probably just are not associating you they're like probably like you are not Kyle Soller <laughs> <laughs> so true but yeah, What's the most Tommy important story, thing. Okay? Yeah, oh my your, Tommy story. Tell it, tell it. It's really Fine. funny. Oh my god. So this kind of starts. Okay, Tommy's gonna kill me. But <laughs> Tommy, we, the, Tommy being Tommy Stella, aka Charles Souls, Souls assistant, assistant. <laughs> and comic book writer. <laughs> and all Love you, Tommy. <laughs> oh my god. This starts on our solo day, which was the day before the comics panel, which is when I was dressed up as Valance. So we're waiting outside. So the solo meetup was right before the High Republic meetup, like literally like 15 minutes before. And (laughs) so this also comes, factors in the fact that all three of us who are in our solo cosplays are in the very, very background (laughs) of the High Republic show. But we are not in High Republic cosplays. I had not read anything High Republic (laughs) at that point. So we're all standing there by the fountain. And then we see like all the High Republic authors come out. And then I freak out over Charles Soule and I spill caramel macchiato all over Liv's Kira jacket. (laughs) And then I guess they're filming something. And because I'm not like into like into the High Republic at this point. 
I didn't know they were filming a higher public show. So all the, we're like lined up behind all the authors. And then this one guy behind Charles keeps like looking around behind us. So I give him like a stank eye once over, <laughs> like, 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 who are you? <laughs> and, and, I'm so funny. It's Tommy. It, it, spoiler, spoiler. Alert, it's Tommy. <laughs> so after the comics panel on Saturday, uh, we're getting our, I'm getting my comics signed. Poor Charles has to sign 12 issues. And Tommy's like unbagging them and rebagging them. Tommy, if you're listening, I am so sorry. I won't do that to you this year. I'll only, I'll only give you like four or five to bag and rebag. Only. <laughs> only. <laughs> so then afterwards, we, uh, I meet Liv at the celebration store and then we leave. And I'm talking about meeting Charles because listen, Charles, I have been a fan of Charles's work for such a long time. And getting to meet him in real life was very amazing, but also very scary. So I, okay, this is important information. So I was in my violence cosplay and I was wearing a contact in my left eye and it was a blind contact, which meant I was completely blind in that eye. That part is important. So I could not see out of this eye. It was just very red wall of color. So I was talking to Maggie, uh, Bucky from TikTok or Bucky gingers our plants on TikTok live and someone else so I start talking about meeting Charles and how awesome it was and how scared I was and then I see everybody like start laughing and start smiling at like looking around beside me <laughs> so I'm I'm telling it I I've turned around and I finished the story I turn around and fucking Tommy is standing right there in my blind spot beside like me like he's he was part of the friend group of I didn't we know were that. talking to <laughs> and I I kept when Hayden is telling the story, I'm just looking at at Tommy and I'm just like, mm. <laughs> and he's looking at me and he's like, yeah, I know. I know. But we just let, we just let Hayden continue. And mind you, he was in my blind spot. So I couldn't see him and I, I couldn't feel him like come behind me. So I finally look over and I'm like, oh shit. And it's Tommy right there. So that is how I met Tommy Stella at celebration in Anaheim for real that time yes actually for real and not giving him a stank eye once over and making him rebag 12 13 comics, comics. <laughs> that's not happening this time right now <laughs> I so quick kind of overview of what we think of the show prior to this episode because we did do a recap episode so what are your guys' thoughts on the show as a whole? I love I love The Mandalorian. It is one of my favorite Star Wars things. However, I am worried for its future. <laughs> Me too. Because <laughs> like season one, I did I rewatched season one and I rewatched most of season two, like before season three came out last week. Um, season one is like in my eyes that is a masterpiece it is mm -hmm. so good from start to finish and then season two is also good but it falls into that like cameo cameo trap mm -hmm. and like I understand why the characters were 
put into the story but it just at at one point it's like okay well who's going to be on the show next week mm-hmm. like you're just waiting to see who the next cameo is instead of where's the story going almost I don't know so I'm afraid for the future of it if it continues to do that but I still I still love the show bottom line so true what about you Emily I also really like um the Mandalorian I really like before Andor came out like that and Rebels were like my favorite uh Star Wars TV show so I really liked it I kind of the same thing as Liv I think that season one is really great uh season two I felt like I don't I think it was Ahsoka that kind of sent me over the edge because I did think that like mm-hmm. I love the heiress that episode is so good to me the uh introduction of Bo-Katan the directing by Bryce Dallas Howard that is such a fantastic episode um and yeah, you know, um, and I wished in the end too that we had saved some of Din's Book of Boba Fett stuff for this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, uh, but I really enjoy it, and I I really like. I forget how much I like Din and Grogu until I like see them on my screen again, and then I'm like, I just I just love them. I just think Grogu is so silly, goofy. I think their relationship <laughs> is so sweet. Like, I, I love seeing the way that Din has grown into this role as a father. I think that it's really great. Um, especially, like, I, I didn't rewatch the whole season, but I did rewatch, like, the first couple of episodes of season one. And you really see, like, like it's just, like, in the beginning, it's just, like, some kid he has. But, like, now seeing the way that, like, he treats him and, like, them cuddling on the ship. Like, it's just really sweet to see. Um uh but yeah like that's kind of overall how I feel um I'm interested in Mandalore it's not like my big thing when it comes to Star Wars um but I think it's interesting and I think like the whole like different uh observances of like it is really interesting um so I'm excited to see that explored more Mm hey hey my thoughts on the Mandalorian. I I've been there since the show was announced, since the first trailer came out. Like I watched the first episodes in class and I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, season one, in my opinion, is like production-wise, in my opinion, my favorite and better than season two, because I think you guys have brought it up. It's very cameo of the week. And that's basically, I don't want to like rag on all Star Wars television besides Andor, but that's basically what most Star Wars television has turned into at this point. Like the Bad Batch last season, the Bad Batch, not really this season, but it's kind of getting there. Or what is it? Mando season two. The plot was structured around cameos which I think is not the greatest thing to base your show off of. And even Book of Boba Fett, like it was mostly built on the fact that we had two episodes dedicated to a character that was not in 
the title of the show. And while we did know that he would probably show up, we didn't know that it would be for two whole episodes and we wouldn't get two episodes of Boba Fett in a show about Boba Fett. But overall, I love the Mandalorian season one. I Mandalorian season two is kind of like lesser just because it ranks lower because of the amount of cameos and how much the show was structured around the cameos of each week um, to be topped off by the cameo of all time, you know? And I got to rewatch all of the Mandoverse. I got to rewatch Mando season one, Mando season two, and Book of Boba Fett. And it just, it's just not my favorite, especially after how they've been treating the show was like a cameo pusher. But anyway, I still like Mandalorian. I can rag on it because I like it. <laughs> because sometimes a hater just needs to be a hater. <laughs> but yeah, that's my thoughts on The Mandalorian. <laughs> so taking that into account, what are our thoughts on this episode? I, if I had to rank it, I would put it at like a seven out of 10. Mostly because like, it was fun. I enjoyed watching it, but there was so much happening. Like they tried to squeeze everything that people love about the Mandalorian into one episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what's coming next. And it, it just feels like I know a lot of people talk about filler episodes. And I don't like to call things filler. Me neither. But it almost felt like just a bunch of little filler moments in in the mm-hmm. episode that didn't really... I, I don't know how to explain it. But like, It wasn't cohesive, I think. It wasn't a great season opener. Emily brought this up before we started recording, but it was almost like the episodes in the Book of Boba Fett were the season premiere for season three. I don't know whose decision that was. It was probably Dave and John's, or what were you going to say, Emily? No, I was like, I just think, like, I enjoyed this episode a lot. Like, nothing to me. It's really hard. I said before that, like, I really, it's really honestly hard to be, for me, season openers, honestly, just across Star Wars to be the season two opener of Mando with Cobb Vanth and the Tusken Raiders. I think that episode is so fantastic and is so good and fun. And I I really love that. So like, this episode is already kind of at a disadvantage because I was like, nothing's going to be bad. (laughs) But like, yeah, like I was saying, like, I just feel like, um, the intro of season, the the stuff with uh, Din fighting with the Darksaber and him going to see the armor and, and her talking about Mandalore and Book of Boba Fett, to me felt like a stronger season opener than this, especially because I felt like it provided, like the Mandalore stuff especially provided a lot of essential information for what is happening this season. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's so much Mandalore stuff that like I almost felt like we needed to get that rundown again in this season yeah. opening. It was just a lot. My, I don't really think I have a favorite part. 
but when the Anzellans were on screen, all I could think about was sick Midnight Horizon reference. Unfortunately. <laughs> that was I love that scene. I I just Dim sitting in this like tiny little thing, like, like cross like <laughs> crisscross applesauce. How did he get in there? <laughs> like the door was <laughs> tiny. <laughs> like Keith Gargo can't even fit. He's just yelling through the hole to translate. <laughs> <laughs> Grogu trying to like hug. No squeezy. <laughs> Bad baby. baby. It's not a pet. <laughs> like, that was so funny to me. And I also think it was such a good, like, I just love that. Like, that's like so good, did in Grogu. <laughs> like, moment of just like, they just like having a, <laughs> Grogu's causing some trouble and Din has to be like, please don't do this. <laughs> <sighs> well, I mean, we, we saw it in the, the trailer, but also. Grogu spinning himself on the chair <laughs> with the force, <laughs> just and like me for real. Little like so skittles to eat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I I think we can say that this episode was pretty. I don't want to say mid, but a little like a level above mid, and that we liked it. There just wasn't anything um extraordinary I, about it yeah I liked it I enjoyed it I don't want yeah. people to think that we hated it I think it was no. really fun and I think people are being way too harsh on it mm-hmm. like I think I think people are being way too harsh to the point where I think I like wonder if people remember what the Mandalorian is like if it's been yeah. too long and people forgot what the Mandalorian is because this was a very quintessential Mandalorian episode in my mm-hmm. opinion <laughs> So getting into a little bit more detail about this episode, let's talk about Din's character in this episode and what it brings over from what we learned about him in Book of Boba Fett and both seasons of Mando, where he is now in this place and time. I love him. (laughs) I love him. He's one of my favorite characters, like, ever in Star Wars. And I, I really wish... It's his need to go to Mandalore to like cleanse himself of his sins. I understand why he wants to do it because he's he's been like devout to this religion his entire life. He literally knows no other way. But I also want to grab him by his shoulders and be like, it's okay. It is okay that you took off the helmet. You wanted to show your son your face before he left you for what you thought was forever like that's not that's not a bad thing that is not a bad thing but like I don't know I watched bestie of the pods uh fern on -hmm. tiktok I can't remember their tiktok right now but um they make always fern okay um they made a really good video about um the parallels between the children of the watch and or like just mandalorian religion as a whole and uh judaism and why they're kind of worried about people 
like putting down the children of the watch and saying that they're crazy and like Bo-Katan's way of thinking is better. So I really recommend to go and watch their video on that because it, it did made, make me think about it in a different light. Um, mm-hmm. So like, I don't, I don't, like, I understand why Din wants to do it, but I just, I wish someone was there to say, you can, you can go and get your forgiveness, but just know that it, it was okay for you to do this. Yeah, I think, yeah, like I wish, and I, I also watched Fern's video, and I think it was a great video, especially about like how people have kind of talked about it, where it's like, Din was indoctrinated into a cult, which is like, Fern made a really great uh, like thing about like how, because so many of us are thinking it from like a Western viewpoint. Mm-hmm. I know uh, also some people have talked about um, how, you know, the helmet thing uh, to them reads very similar to like um, the hijab. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I I am kind of of like, I think a similar mindset to you live where it's like, if I don't want to say Din was indoctrinated because I was like, if this is what Din wants, if this is what he wants and he truly believes, then that is, that is what he needs to do. And that is fine. But also if his journey is realizing that like, he is maybe somewhere in between like the children of watch and Bo-Katan and his like observance, like that is also fine. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think like, I think for me, it's just like, I think it's the same way. Like I just want Din to be happy in his choice I don't want to feel like he's I don't want him to feel like he's being forced to do anything which for the most part it does seem like he does want to do this because I think when he said they were no longer a Mandalorian I do think that he could have walked away he could have said okay well Bo-Katan said I could still be one and take off my helmet so I can just like join her or like what Keith was suggesting that like um grief was like you know I'm just gonna settle down I'm gonna get rid of all of this and I'm just gonna like settle down with Grogu Mm -hmm. so I think that like it does seem like this is what he wants and like this is what he believes but yeah I yeah and I think it's really tricky and I think some ways the fandom talks about it is also Mm -hmm. veering a little weird um especially because like what we said like it's not uh Bo and Sabine are not better because of how they Mm -hmm. observe like the Mandalore stuff um and Din is not worse for how, or the armor is not worse mm-hmm. for how she does it. Um, and I think, like, if anything, this is a great lesson, I think, especially with Bo-Katan and the armor to look at, like, uh, certain perspectives, but also, like, just how, like, we think about, like, uh, female characters in the fandom and, like, how we treat them. Because I feel like both of them are really complex and in some ways people have boiled them down to be, like, one thing um mm-hmm. which they're not I tend oh I'll be honest when I'm watching the Mandalorian my head is just empty and I'm taking it in <laughs> and I don't really marinate in it so I haven't really thought about the aspect of like how other people perceive Din's relationship to his religion as opposed to other characters like Bo, Sabine, etc. Just because that's not like my niche. And that, what you guys have both brought up is really thought-provoking and how Din can want to do it, but he should also feel as though, like, he he should want to do it, 
but he shouldn't feel compelled to do it just because it's religion, if that makes sense. And yeah. how they're not like forcing him to do it, but he does it out of a love. He, he does it for of his own free will. Exactly. Like, and not because he's being forced to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also have not really thought about Din's character overall, just because he's not one of my favorite characters. And that's okay. As long mm-hmm. as I don't rag on him for, you know, doing nothing, that's fine. But I think how his character was set up in the Book of Boba Fett, like him getting Grogu back, Baby Yoda, I hate calling him Grogu, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Him getting Baby Yoda back to now, it did feel like he was, he got the same answer from the armorer twice after going there twice to get like an answer. But I don't know where this is going to take his character. I don't, he's probably going to go and be cleansed and retake the oath of the way or whatever it is to re-cleanse him. But I don't know. I I saw the, like when he went to the armorer and she told him the same thing again. I thought that was like a catch up for people who hadn't seen book of boba fett well maybe it's because what other purpose in the first place i know what other purpose does it serve like what other purpose does that whole scene with the other mandalorian serve if you've seen book of boba fett nothing really i don't know this i think that part at least factors into the whole why the fuck was din in the book of boba fett and why was (laughs) luke skywalker in the book of boba fett yeah (sighs) but I don't know. I thought he was adorably dumb in this episode. He's just like me for real. He always I, is. Hmm? He always is. He always is. Good for him. And like, I hate when people bring up the argument like, oh, Din isn't a himbo because he's really, really smart. He can speak multiple languages. And I'm like, okay, but he can still be a dumbass. <laughs> you know like there's a difference just, between street smarts and book smarts street smarts <laughs> i just don't think din is a himbo because i don't think he's particularly nice that's true that's, 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 that's also what people true. get confused din is nice to grogu mm-hmm. din loves grogu din is not nice to other people he <laughs> tolerates literally everyone else yeah like he barely told he's not nice <laughs> like he's he like what he was a bounty hunter but like too like yeah he like barely like even like people he's like kind of close with like like grief uh, like grief like he's not particularly like nice to him Mm -hmm. Uh, i got a vision when you said street smarts of um Din has the dark saber, and then he's like talking to Bogotan, and he goes, "You want it? Go get it!" And then he runs the other direction. (laughs) Street smarts. You're all gonna die. But yeah, that's our thoughts on Din for this episode. Now we get to Grogu slash Baby Yoda. My little baby. (laughs) You can make fun of me all I want. All you want. He is my little child. I love him with my whole entire heart. This episode restored my love because I was like, maybe he's not all that maybe he's not as good as i remembered he was but he is he, he is. is he is <laughs> he, he he's so he's funny so and adorable he's so small 
he's so very pocket sized. I I just can't help but think about though how sometimes Din just lets him walk places, and how fucking long that must take for him to waddle. Like when they were in the armor and Din was like letting him walk, I was like, Din, did you like have to stand by your ship for ten minutes while Grogu like waddled out? Like the armor just has to like sit there and be like, oh, still going? Okay. <laughs> Does does he I have like another does he have, have shoes? I'm I'm worried about his feet. The grippers He's walking everywhere. Maybe he, he has chainmail boots. Oh my god, this is just like Minecraft. But the armor still hurt his feet. I don't know. But the he chains has, are digging into his little feet. He has Yoda feet. I don't know. Those grippers are pretty gnarly. If you remember from the original trilogy, did Yoda wear shoes? No. Oh my god. There must my assumption is like that they just have like tough skin feet. Yeah. Okay. Worried about him. He needs a babysitter. I'm glad they're trying to get IG eleven back. <laughs> oh my god! How the fuck did I forget? Okay. I when I when they said that they, they were gonna try and bring IG eleven back to life, I literally gasped. Because the whole reason I watched The Mandalorian in the first place was for Taika Waititi. So hearing his voice come out of IG-11 again was both traumatizing and fulfilling because it reminded me of a time past, but it also reminded me of the reason why I started watching the show. And when he started like, like scrabbling for Baby Yoda, it was kind of freaky. And it reminded me of a horror movie that I don't remember the name of. But it wow that i was thrust back to 2019 when i was in like my peak taika era <sighs> anyways if we're going back to grogu um <laughs> sorry not to cut you off on, on one of your wow. tangents but you know um it's <laughs> a grogu grogu seeing the purgles how, how do we feel about that on holy fucking Rebels shit remembered day oh like, my god <laughs> I made this joke on Twitter, but it was Dave, because he's not directing an episode this season, it was Dave Filoni reminding us that he's still in charge. I'm not complaining. I loved it, though. I loved it, yeah. too. I screeched. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I said out loud, I was getting ready, I go, the Virgo! <laughs> I gasped. I scrubbed. I scrubbed. I cried. I threw up. Oh. I also love how he sees them. He's like, hmm, that's interesting. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> Good I like, love as that. I, that's enough I need, for today. <laughs> I need to know the mechanism in the N1 Starfighter that gets him from that little bubble into Din's lap. Like, is it yeah. a tube? Is I it a tube yeah. okay. that he gets sucked down into? Like, here's here's my theory. Have, like, the little ladder? That's what I was going to mm-hmm. say. It had like, it, well, there's like a little ladder. Like, how does that he goes- pop up? Directly there must be a platform. Arms. I think he I like think goes through, like, right? Okay. Or like, um, I think like for because that used to be like the uh, uh like for astromech, an astromech yeah, or like a droid. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a little elevator. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or you know, it's how, like a little elevator thing. You know, how and maybe he installed the- a button instead of like an astromech, which would like maybe put like their mm-hmm. little you know uh prong thingy in it terminal. and like twist it so they go up and down. Yeah. <laughs> 
so you know how in like four doors you have the the cup holder in the back and then there's like a panel that you can like take out and it goes directly to the trunk maybe it's mm-hmm. kind of like that and mm-hmm. then he can like open a door and it like whooshes open automatically and then he like crawls his way through din's arm and then goes in his lap that could possibly be a way oh my god because when he was when he was looking at the pargals and he was like this is cool I'm gonna go sit with my dad now and he just like popped down and emerged in Din's arm I was like on the verge of tears (laughs) and Din immediately Din was asleep but immediately like accommodated so he could cuddle with him that was cute I have to admit (gasps) I'm literally gonna cry and he like tucks himself in uh Din's holster or like thing so he's safe it's like a (laughs) seatbelt They are the only father and son. Okay. Oh wait, father and son. You. Okay. I was gonna do something violent. Don't you forget that I baby know. Yoda, baby Yoda is the reason that we don't have more Valance and Cadelia content. Fuck that Whatever. little baby. My Anyways. favorite was my favorite was Savi posted something where like somebody was like they like, they said baby like her for baby Yoda. <laughs> And she's like, baby Yoda woman. I was like, gender fluid baby Yoda. <laughs> I, you know what? Back before they were like, Grogu had any pronouns or whatever. I, I wanted, I wanted him to be a little girl so bad. <laughs> she, so he, true. Yoda. She, so- he, Grogu. <laughs> I believe it. I love my non-binary. So <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. We don't, but, did, but we don't did, we don't know how the Yoda species works. Yeah. You yeah. know. You know how David Tennant, like uh their uh child came out as non-binary, so he wears like a non-binary pin everywhere. <laughs> Din starts wearing like a, a like a gender fluid pin on his armor for oh. <laughs> So true. Supportive dad. Such Din. a supportive. Oh, dad. Did would hundred percent be at Prime with the oh, like yeah. I I love my I love my gay son <laughs> I love my gender fluid child. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would give like he would be the dad. He would not give free dad hugs, but he'd give like free dad handshakes, like supportive dad handshakes <laughs> and, and dad Prime. advice. Yeah, and dad advice. He also has nailed the dad joke um with with the in Grief's office when, the, when he knocks the the statue on ig and he's like way to use your head like are you kidding me are you kidding me <laughs> wait we haven't talked about the the Anzellan workshop yet with with baby yoda we talked about that yeah at the beginning a little bit <laughs> but we can go in now this is it was so midnight horizon coded, you guys. That, it was so midnight horizon frick, coded. Or is that just I think it was just a random and zealot. I think okay, people they all look the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I was people like, call him Babu Frick because like that's the first person we know of his species. It's like Yoda. We don't know his species. Well, we know the, the Enzellans, but we just call him Yoda. Yeah. Well, except we do know that they're Enzellans. <laughs> yeah. We know that they're Enzellans, but you know, like casual viewers, not to use that term, but casual viewers call him like Babu Frick because that's all they know him as. And not the guy from Midnight Horizon, which I've read and that can now make jokes about. I, they're so, they're just so funny. I like, I love Keith, like, translating for them. (laughs) Did I know? (laughs) (laughs) 
No, and that's then so funny. Grogu was just like waddling around in there and then he hugged him. That <laughs> that is my favorite thing ever, I think. Like when they inevitably take a screen cap of that and put it on a t-shirt and sell it, <laughs> I will buy it. You I will, will participate in Baby Yoda and in Zelen capitalism. I will because <laughs> I, I identify with Grogu in that scene because I, okay, fun fact about me. I love animals, but they do not love me for the most part. <laughs> and I just, I just want to hug them. So yeah, I, I understand Grogu. Grogu is just like live for real. Yeah. Also, also somebody posted a picture of like Din sitting cross-legged in the workshop and then Ray from the Rise of Skywalker sitting cross-legged in uh, Bo- Babu Frick's workshop. Crisscross applesauce. Oh Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> like, look at them. Oh, oh my god. They sit. <laughs> Din goes to Jakku and adopts Ray when? Code one. Look, if- when, when Grogu and Ray inevitably me because it will happen we all know it mm-hmm. it's gonna be me. i i and i will support it i don't care mm-hmm. people will complain about it i will love it i will be obsessed <laughs> <laughs> thought of of more jaku in this kind of mandoverse makes me insane <laughs> we always go back to tatooine let's go back let's to go with, let's go to jaku let's go to Takodana. Wait, Taco Dada could show up because the, the, the pirate guy. The pirates, yeah. The pirates. I was just I was just thinking about because I'm reading Resistance Reborn. And I was just thinking about how I wish that we could see Maz again in like yeah. live action. Because she's been in the higher public now and like other stuff mm-hmm. is like the pirate queen. So I'm like, I'm like, bring her back for the new republic. Let me <laughs> see her. <laughs> Here comes the boy. Oh. But it's Maz Kanata. <laughs> Oh, Maz Kanata would immediately start flirting with Din, and he would oh, get yeah. very flustered. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need that. I didn't realize how much I needed that until now. I need Maz flirting with Din. <laughs> so good. And then she could bring up the Wookiee because, okay, in Han and Chewie, it shows how her and Chewie meet and, like, how they know each other because they were in prison together. So, Chewie connection. This is how we win. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you want to talk about with Grogu in this episode? I just love him. I just <laughs> love him so much. Just a cutie. This is a tiny, a tiny baby. Excuse me. So with that, we can move on to Bo-Katan. Emily, I will let you take the lead because this was some excellent Bo-Katan content, if I do say so myself. I I just love she's just so sexy pouting on her throne I truly this is the book tan that I well I didn't want because I do want her to be like leader of Mandalore and uh book tan I'm so sorry those fake bitches would do that to you <laughs> I'm so sorry girl <laughs> they don't understand or appreciate you I was actually so happy with this I have been so nervous about book tan but this was a pretty solid one where like they didn't immediately make her the antagonist and also I think this like pretty properly showed like uh more insight into like her self-loathing and like all that she's kind of had to deal with like it's just 
the like her not having dark saber and like kind of all of the mandalorians kind of like abandoning her is just like one more fucking thing in her <laughs> life like her like she from everything and like the way that that like you can just see that like really wearing on her and starting to like not starting to but like just really like her experiencing it all and I just feel like it's yeah it's like so hard for her and I appreciate this view of her I appreciate that they didn't immediately villainize her um and now I don't know if they will make her the antagonist because it kind of does seem like they're going and it's not like like she didn't demand that like didn't give her the dark saber or anything they didn't even say that she should win it in combat like she just kind of like and it's kind of sad because like I feel like another Bo-Katan would have done that but like I feel like at this point in her life it's like she just feel like she's lost so much and like like her planet her family I just oh I I feel for her so much and also she was very sexy on that throne <laughs> mm-hmm. um that was a very I'm, bisexual pose like yeah, yeah. I was Hello. gonna say like I've I've <laughs> never seen a straight woman sit like, sit like, that, sit like that ever and it seems like we're definitely getting more scenes of her on that throne because the other one that we saw where she's like oh yeah she's like, like her hands in her head and yeah. she's like that blanket thing over it like that looks different so we're definitely getting more of her um which makes me happy and yeah and also Katie has looked really great on this like press tour her look for the the premiere was so good (laughs) but I I I really appreciated Bokdan here I just know the ending was like goodbye Dinjard and then the credits rolled Rick Rick you've done it again (laughs) I just know when we're gonna get a Bryce episode if it's centered on Bokatan. (laughs) <laughs> Emily's having a moment <laughs> look I don't know if Katie was talking I didn't end up seeing it but like if we get any like Bo-Katan flashbacks like we saw in the trailer there was a green Mandalore I I'm sorry but if we got childhood flashbacks of like her as like a, like a child even before the clone wars and like Satine mm-hmm. I'd have to check sister- on Julia <laughs> Julia yeah I want that sister relationship so so badly mm-hmm. I want it so badly yeah I do feel like I feel like we're definitely gonna get another Bo-Katan centered episode because I think with Bryce on it like I know Bryce has done yeah. other ones but Bryce has primarily done episodes that like were more like centered on women because she also did mm-hmm. the Omera episode so I'm thinking that she might do another Bo-Katan episode and I really hope she is and I think mm. it'll be great because I just love the way that Bryce like directs it's the ginger like, girlies it's mm. the ginger girlies the heiress it was so fucking good and like if she can do that again oh god yeah it's gonna be delicious she- oh delicious Bryce please write a Bo-Katan spinoff please write and direct a Bo-Katan spinoff I believe in you <laughs> I just I just want Bo to know that not all the Mandalorians have left her. If she just checks the bathroom in that one <laughs> restaurant, the X-Wolves is still there. X-Wolves is actually just, X-Wolves is got confused. He's actually <laughs> just lost in that castle. He hasn't found a droid to help him. <laughs> He's just a little lost, Bo. 
Oh my god. Shout out to Mel. I yes. I really, really hope Expos turns up for yes. your sake. For them. <laughs> he has, yeah. Oh. He was just at, he's been going to a lot of conventions. He was just at uh He was just announced for celebration too. Yeah, and he was just at the um Emerald e-C- City Comic Con. E C C C So many C's. <laughs> Good for him. I hope he finds his way out of the bathroom. <laughs> We already talked about her a little bit, but now if nobody has anything to add on Bo-Katan, I'm not going to say anything about Bo-Katan because to be honest, I, I don't want to say I don't care about her, but I she does not take up space in my brain. And the one thing I will have to say is that she does sit like a bisexual, like be fucking for real. But anyway, we can start talking a little bit in the same vein of women the armorer and the other children of the watch, which actually they had a really good opening scene of the kid bathing in the waters. I guess it's not Mandalore, but whatever planet they were on mm-hmm. and getting attacked by a goddamn dinosaur. Look, <laughs> they were in his waters. So true. They killed him. And I was like, that's his home. <laughs> You're intruding. <laughs> At least knock first, damn. Yeah, like, sir. <laughs> but yeah, the the first opening scene we get is a kid taking his oath and putting on his helmet for the first time. Which also is what the fuck is his name? His name is Ragnar. I don't know what kind of Norse mythology they got going on in Star so Wars. So many, so many like <laughs> I think that's Paz Vizsla's son, and I believe that. <laughs> The helmet colors are very similar. His name is Post Vizsla. Yeah. (laughs) There has to be a Post Vizsla. Has Vizsla. I'm actually very dumb because I did think that was a flashback scene to begin with. Me too. And I thought thought that might have been Din. And I was going to be like, why Why is is it a white child? I was um, I was thinking like why the fuck like, is the armor so young? Or yeah, how I was old like, is the armor? How, how is she, how old is she? But how then, old is um, it, it wasn't it <laughs> wasn't a flashback. So I was like, oh okay. <laughs> Never mind then. <laughs> um yeah, other children of the watch, they were there. They, were. they do not have speaking roles, but they were no. oh, one of the in the opening shot, one of the um one of the Mandalorians has like a belt or, or they have a drum and they're beating on it. But the belt and like the skirt toga type thing look exactly like Boba's Book of Boba Fett outfit. So I was like, are we getting Boba Fett in the first episode? Spoiler alert, we did not. <laughs> but I thought that was another delusional moment that is funny to me. But Emily, do you have any thoughts on the armorer and how she's portrayed in this episode? I just think I support women's wrongs. Um, She's a little mean, but like... She's a mean lesbian. She fits into the stereotype. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Like, I... I mean, I know people get on her, but like one... We had this discussion in Book of Both Fit, but like she's clearly biased. Like, she has a bias Mm -hmm. against this. But like, once again, I think that sometimes people are too harsh on her because like she just has her belief system and it's different than both dance, but that doesn't really make her worse than them. Once again, yes, she's a little mean, and maybe she's spreading a little bit of false information. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but me when I spread false information on the hollow net (laughs) but like that's not really I still support her (laughs) I still support her I want to see her in like a fight scene really badly yeah like the one fight scene we got at the end of episode eight of man uh, Amanda season one she used those fucking tools to like yeah like I wish Mm -hmm. we could get more of that um and I'm really curious as to what they'll do this season. I'd love to see an interaction between her and Bogotan or her and like Satine. Yeah. I think that'd be so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Because I also think like they could probably find that they have like more in common. That, that mm-hmm. they both just like in the end, like both the armor and Bogotan just like want to protect and like serve their people. Um, they just have different ways and visions of mm-hmm. how to do that. But interesting. Yeah. Well, she's a little bit of an icon. <laughs> and that's I not just gonna... because the actor has the same name as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I was going to say the armor can beat me in the fucking pit for being mean to Din, but <laughs> I will refrain from saying that now because perhaps you are right. She... <laughs> I don't love that she's mean to Din. <laughs> that but part she can beat she's... me in the pit on. Yeah, she she doesn't have to be. She's kind of unnecessarily rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, girl. <laughs> if that were me, I would give her the meanest stank eye ever. Under Turn my helmet. helmet. But she can't <laughs> see anything. Yeah, it's like, I was like, maybe did issue. We don't know. <laughs> Good for him. He's just like me for real. One of the reasons I loved wearing masks was I could stare at people and, like, give them a stank eye and they wouldn't really know because they couldn't see the rest of my face. That was awesome. <laughs> so if I wore a Mandalorian helmet, I would definitely be making stank eyes and rolling my eyes at people but anyway do you have any thoughts on the armor or live not really i think i pretty much said mine already when i was talking about din but mm. like she's she's basically like the priest figure of that sect of mandalorian so of oh my course God. she's, she's gonna the father be... lantum of mando <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so of course she's gonna tell Din to like follow these religious rules because that's kind of her job. <laughs> yeah. So true. So she's just a girl boss. She's trying to survive. I support her, but not being mean to Din specifically. Yeah. <laughs> So if we have finished with the armorer and her sleigh little like cover thing. Oh, side note, um, one of my mutuals on on Twitter and TikTok, Vitru, um, I, I don't remember her at. She does a really good Trilla. She also has a really good armorer cosplay and she's met Emily Swallow in the armorer cosplay. Fantastic, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, her name is Vitru Smithen. She was actually in the video of Celebration last year. She was in the ending video. Again, don't remember her socials. I can put them in the description if you guys want. I think Star Wars posted her too. Yeah. One point. Like they did that Inquisitor like thing. Yeah, they did that. Um, also, side note, they did like an Inquisitor quote unquote meetup at Celebration where it was Bella, um, another Quizzy, I think another Trilla, and Georgia. Hmm? Wasn't Georgia there too? 
Yeah, she was in the the the, the yellow person. I think fourth sister. Yeah, the, the the fourth <laughs> sister who had like who had like two minutes of like a minute of screen time and only one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they had an Inquisitor meetup and they posted both of them. So that's where you might know her from. But she has a really good armor or cosplay. Uh, moving on to Grief Karga, who is fucking dripped out in this like shoulder cloak is thing that's being held by droids. The droids going down the stairs is sending me. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I love them. He got a sick new outfit this week, or not this weekend, this season. Um, he's He really fixed up Navarro really good. I don't want to say it's gentrification, but it <laughs> looks better than it did in season one. Um, it looks like a wholesome planet now. Yeah, you can raise children. Yeah, and he said he got them connected to the Hydean Way or something, which is like one of the main hyperspace routes. Mm-hmm. It's a tourist destination. Good for them. Do you think mm-hmm. it's going to show up in like other books and comics? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I I like how he's just like Din. Just settle down. Like, don't even worry about it. Don't even sweat. Just like I have a house for you. And the he's little like, one. it's on the best plot of land. You can his have name, it. His <laughs> name is Grogu. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point because he hadn't seen him since he learned Grogu's name. So that is something that I forgot to mention. He he found out his name was Grogu, and he spun himself around in a spinny chair while they talked business. <laughs> He's so silly. <laughs> I think the evolution of grief has been one of the most underrated character developments in Mando because like in the first season, he's just like cool bounty hunter, bounty distribution guy, like head of the guild in this sector, whatever. And then once they get rid of the guild on Navarro, he like starts transforming the town. Like, you know, he makes the bar into a school. But now he's like fully invested in this town and invested in this community and created this fucking awesome like trade pit stop thing. Like honestly, good for him. I do love uh, John's commitment to taking like old men who are bad and just like making them the leader of a town. Good for like, him. It's, it's a little <laughs> iconic. Like yeah. he's like, here's this like terrible man who did terrible things. He's just gonna like stop doing that now and just like make a town better. And it's like, okay, <laughs> slay. Yeah. Slays from Grief Cargo all around. His silly little cape. I can't stop thinking about the silly little cape. He looks so good. Good for Carl Weathers. Good for him. Mm-hmm. He's going to celebration, which will be fun to see. Um, other than the fact that he was absolutely hilarious in the Enzel workshop, I don't have anything <laughs> else to say about him. Um, me either. He's just, I, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh, my shoe. <laughs> and then kind of connected to grief, car- kind of connected to grief carga, we have the pirates who they're also i've seen people talking about this can we talk about the prosthetics in this episode this shit was insane like the main mm-hmm. nikto pirate looked awesome the 
what is his name? Glorian Sharp? Shart? I don't remember what his Shard. name is. Shard. Not Shart. <laughs> <laughs> he looked fucking awesome. Yeah, that was incredible. I I really, I have expected uh, Hondo to show up. I really Me too. Did. I thought it was going to be Hondo. <laughs> yeah, I thought I it was going to be Hondo. Especially because I was like, oh, this guy looks so good and he's the same species as Hondo. I was like, oh, I think it's like going to be him. <laughs> It was not <laughs> because apparently, like, remember so good, it, remember in Bounty Hunters, apparently one of the other, like one of his underlings took over the Onaka gang and then Balance killed them all. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess Hondo might be at this point chilling on Fatu. I don't yeah. know how long he's there for, but. Because in Rebels. Technically takes place. It takes place nine years after. Era. Yeah, it's sequels era. So we don't know what he was doing after the end of Rebels mm-hmm. other than like little stories from the galaxy. So he could have been a Matu. He could have been, you know, traveling the galaxy with Melt before settling down in Batu to run scams. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Where's Melch on Batu? That's my I was going to say chilling with Melch. But where is Melch? <gasps> I've been to Galaxy's Edge multiple times and I have never seen Melch. I just want to see Melch. I don't know. <laughs> but I think Lily is going to cosplay as Melch for <laughs> celebration. <laughs> well, anyway, what, what, what the fuck is the swamp guy's name? Gorian Shard. Gorian Shard. He looked fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked good. He looked really good. So I hope they either bring him back or they bring him back in the comics, which I mean, that would kind of make sense. I don't know. I, I feel like they will bring them back because like, okay, my thing with the pirates is why why did they put that in this episode? It did feel kind of out of place. <laughs> I wish they would have saved it for another episode where we could have like gotten more in depth about the pirates. Mm-hmm. But I feel like since it, they were only in it for such a small period of this episode they definitely will come back like then we'll get a message from grief being like help the pirates have overtaken navarro can you come and help me (laughs) like it's his little side quest for the mid-season um like episode five of season two which i skipped because i was like i don't want to watch this this (laughs) gives me nothing um but anyways i feel like it'll be something like that where they'll come back yeah i hope in a good way though or like a big way yeah i think they'll come back i hope so i want to see gorian shard again (laughs) my little swamp guy (sighs) anything else that you guys want to bring up slay (laughs) um do we have any thoughts or predictions for this season i just want to see bosk bosk would fit in so well like i it does it can even be like a background thing as long as it's a trandoshan wearing a yellow jumpsuit i will count that as bosk so true i just want to see him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i want to see my little, little boy. boy here he comes <laughs> i 
still think that we're getting to the end of this season. I still think they're oh, yeah. they officially announced that actress way before oh, yeah. Ahsoka or any of the other people. I think she's coming this season. I think we're going to see mm-hmm. her. I think. That's I, why I put I her think, on my cameo pool. Yeah. I was like, I think besides like the purgle thing, which pretty much indicates that like Ezra and Thrawn are coming yeah, soon. There's at least um, going to be an Ezra and or Thrawn name drop. Yeah. But I think just like her like I think like bless you you. Uh, thank you (laughs) I just think like um even if it's not specifically like for that I think it'll be you know like shit's getting weird on Mandalore I guess I should probably come figure that out (laughs) um and I think it's gonna be really iconic to see I hope that they keep her armor as colorful as it was I don't need it to be exactly because she does change it up but I want them to keep the the colorfulness of it um Mm -hmm. because that's really important to me so I'm excited I think that's kind of my biggest one that and uh as the team mentioned I do think that we're gonna get that through Bo uh and I'll say quirky for Julia (laughs) (laughs) I'll say some sort of quirky reference something something I think they have to I think they have to mm-hmm. it's getting weird at this point it's been honestly. what 40 years since the Clone Wars at this point wait let me do math really quick 19 it's, about, it's like 30 ish 30 he's a like, whole adult now even if he died just say he died yeah I don't think Julia would be very mentally well no but, but at I least, mean, she'd at have least closure. we'd have an answer exactly. like yeah we'd have an answer like, this is all that we need. Like, I just want, like, something. Or if he's alive, just say, like, oh, he's just chilling somewhere else. <laughs> he's just having I, a good time. I would say this is my delusional side Valance name drop. I don't know why. I think, oh, oops. I think we're also going to get, maybe not, but, like, just some semblance of, like, oh, that business with the syndicates a couple years ago. Like, any sort of reference to War of the Bounty Hunters would send me into cardiac arrest. <laughs> but I do think we're getting Boba back. At least for, like, a split-second cameo. Yeah, and maybe I they'll think- do the same thing where they did at the end of Season 2, where they, like, announce a second season of Book of Boba Fett. But what were you going to say, Emily? Fennec. I was, I was going to say Boba and Fennec, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think Din might have to call him up and be like, I need some, <laughs> I need some I need fucking some help. help. <laughs> and then Bubba's going to be like, oh, I can't leave Tatooine. I'm dealing with a guest. And that's how we get live action balance. Oh my God. <laughs> that's how we get live action. Kira. So true. I, I, I'm not believing it anymore. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, was, I don't think that they can kill her in the comics. I they really can. Don't think they I don't think they that. would let Charles do it. I think they can. I, I think they would let Charles do a lot. I don't think that they, because what other character that made an appearance on screen has died not on screen? Draven, I think, once. But he's like two seconds. But that doesn't really count. Yeah, yeah I was like, exactly. I was like, but like main characters. None. Like none. Like, uh, and especially during the fifth year anniversary of Solo, I don't think they would let him do that. I don't think they're going to let him but do that. But what else do we, what, what else would happen? She would go and she would exile herself into the far reaches. Or she gets frozen frozen in carbonite and doesn't get let out until the sequels. So true. Okay, I'm okay with that. (laughs) There's like a million other 
reasons why she wouldn't be around or maybe she's just busy i don't know maybe she's just having a nice maybe she's just retired yeah (laughs) maybe she's just pulling a wedge in nora (laughs) so true anyways anyways (laughs) um quick thumbs review of this episode i'm gonna give it one medium thumb i'll give it one thumbs up i'm gonna give it a a thumbs up and a medium thumb so an average of two and a half thumbs no wait see this is why i can't do math i think we average to one one thumbs thumbs up. up okay good thank you i'm looking forward to the rest of the season me too I don't know what cameos could show up, but then again, I didn't expect, well, I predicted Kersantan, but I didn't expect there to be that many cameos in the Book of Boba Fett. So I, I'm just hoping the cameos make sense. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> or there's just no cameos. I honestly yes, please. okay with that. Yeah, we've gotten way too many cameos the past couple seasons. Except for Satine. Yes. Yeah. Satine, Satine and Sabine. That is like yes the, the, the two s <laughs> yeah though the characters with the one letter difference i'm okay with that moving on to castle run book club we haven't done this in a hot minute you guys <laughs> um so truth be told we have lost count of the amount of comics that have come out in between when we last recorded with Alyssa and this episode however i do know Two comics that came out since Alyssa, since our recording with Alyssa. And that is Bounty Hunters 31 and Hidden Empire 4. Liv, why don't you start? Just with with whichever one you want. Oh my god. They both caused emotional damage. Severe mental illness. Yeah. (laughs) I okay, you have to picture this. Last Wednesday, I had a root canal done. And then immediately afterwards, my face is still half frozen. I'm not really in pain, but my face is frozen. Important detail. Immediately after that, I go to the comic book store. I pick up the fucking six comics that came out last week. Six (laughs) comics. And I'm talking to my bestie, Scott, who runs the comic book store. And he's kind of looking at me and I was like, oh yeah, half my face is frozen. I was just at the dentist. Um, <laughs> and I, I buy, I buy my, I buy my books and I go home. Um, actually I picked up an iced coffee as well because Slay. I needed it. Um, <laughs> Gay people activities. Yeah. <laughs> so I go home and I'm still like frozen. I am on, I'm not really pain meds. I just had ibuprofen, but still. Um, and I'm, I'm reading all the comics and then I read Hidden Empire and then I have to stare out into space for about five solid minutes just kind of taking in what happened and I, I'm I'm not doing that great. I'm also still not over Chanith Cha being fucking killed which oh, happened I'm, in Hidden Empire sur- 3. I was, wasn't surprised I wasn't surprised by that at all. But I saw that coming. I know, but I saw that coming from a mile away. Well, anyway, Hidden Empire we know Four the, was 
we know that ar- the archivist wasn't gonna die so anyways the ending of hidden empire 4 was distressing not only are they on a maxine station all of crimson dawn's forces are on a maxine station with palpatine and vader with the archivist in the Pramata cage and Kira being on her way there, which also we got Cadelia in this issue, which I didn't read in the um in the fucking preview. But then Kira gives Cadelia a message just in case she doesn't come back to play. <laughs> I'm severely distressed as to what is going to happen with them. You're severely distressed. How <laughs> but- do you think I feel? <laughs> Basically, also let's not forget that Afra, aka Spark Eternal, is on her way to a vaccine station too. I think at the, you know, how Kira was talking to like a mystery figure at mm-hmm. the end. I'm pretty sure she was talking to Spark. Oh Afra. yeah. But I think what might happen now is because the Fermata cage seeks out like dark energy, it's going to take the Fermata, or not the Fermata, the Spark from Afra and like mm. siphon it off. You know, okay. because remember in the the solicits for what is it, May or June, Afra's unsparkified and she's running around with little gay boy Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there's that. I don't know what's gonna happen to Kira. And I think if Charles kills her off, I think it's gonna be a very poor decision. Not only for like the fan base, but also like representation as a whole. Mm-hmm. um so yeah i hope they don't do that and the fact that it's also releasing the week of celebration when we're gonna have access to charles soul lives eyes twitching <laughs> he's not safe he's, he's not, not safe, safe. <sighs> listen this is i there's already a strike against kira coming out this year I can't handle two. <laughs> I can't handle two. Charles, don't do me dirty, please. I also, to be fair, I also don't think that they would release Akira book if they were planning to kill her. Like after, especially because it would come out after they killed her. I don't think they would do that. I don't think, I say that, but they did that. Okay, but Jin was different. Yeah. Kira is like, Jin, because it, it was always in the cards for Jin to die however versus Kira who it was it, it wasn't Princess and the Scoundrel came out long after Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker that's all, that's yeah but that's also different too Is yeah because it? it's like, like once characters. again also once again Han and Leia both had on screen deaths okay that's also I think a big thing mm-hmm. like I I, just, I think the main trio doesn't really count. They're like in a whole different like thing. Yeah. They're like a whole different thing. <laughs> like the I'm Rogue so One and the Rogue worried. One crew is also different because they were always destined to die. Uh, <laughs> to die. But like Kira is like a, a different. She's more in like the um Lando, I would say. Yeah. Kind of category. Lando. I'm trying to think of other characters. <laughs> um, Thrawn, maybe. Maybe. Like, I don't think they would ever 
well i guess Karan is also kind of weird yeah because like most of his development is in books but he but was I introduced think, into but canon I think, but i think if they were going to kill Thrawn, they would do it on screen oh yeah definitely because i think they would it's one of those characters you want the most people possible to know what his his final fate and i think that's the same thing with kira yeah that's a good point <laughs> anyway <laughs> um the hidden em- not hidden empire the day has finally come where we talk about bounty hunter 31 in this podcast now note note okay yeah we i need to set the scene for a second <laughs> so bounty hunter 31 came out on wednesday february 15th when is that a day after February 14th, AKA Valentine's Day. So Liv and I were at dinner in our very nice fancy dresses. (laughs) We like, we took an Uber home and we showered, we got ready for bed, whatever. And then we both read Bounty Hunters 31 together. So Liv got to see my live reactions to some of the stuff that happened. And overall, I will say a win is a win. A win is a win. Valance is not dead. Ethan, you are the words I want Ethan, to say. Ethan terrorized us with this for like well over nine months. And, and he it was spoiled not- it back in April of last year. Yep. And it was what not happened? nearly as bad as he said it was going to be. He's just mean. Mm-hmm. Was this like Valance like fell? Yeah, yeah Valance got okay. shot in the face and fell off a cliff. Well, but he has and he he, he tweeted that like word for word to Jay and Arya. April first of last year. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> he knew what the fuck he was doing. He's so funny. He's so funny and so goddamn mean. <laughs> he's not saying the celebration either. I'll tell you that he's right now. Nice. He's nice to me. <laughs> he's not nice to me. God. Bounty Hunters 32 comes out this week and he's going to injure my poor Zuckus because he hasn't been injured Zuckus enough. <laughs> it's Bounty Hunters 31 was an experience and I don't even know what to say I couldn't believe that I was reading the thing that I had been teased about for nine fucking months (sighs) but it was a good issue like the meanness aside it was a really good issue because Hayden showed her through her true colors and shot balance in the face and said my first love is the empire fucking shot him in the face and he fell off a goddamn cliff but when he fell off the cliff he got reassified so it was truly a win for me and then Boston's being mean to balance but anyway it was a really solid issue and balance went up against vader and he did not die you guys he didn't die so in my opinion that is a full-on win what are your thoughts on Bounty Hunters 31, Liv? I also thought it was very, very good. Um, 
you you've pretty much covered the main <laughs> bulk of it so i will talk about bukora um, okay fuck i forgot about that yeah so we got like a, a bukora flashback to when she had her little tuka cat when she was a kid and it was so so it was so Mm -hmm. um and there's also the implication that Vakora is in fact trans yeah that Ethan he couldn't confirm it on twitter but he basically confirmed yeah. it on twitter thank you um, to leah for asking those questions yes, thank you mm-hmm. leah. um but, but his yeah, response just... was very it was very eloquent and well thought out and he made some great points mm-hmm. uh, if you want if you guys want to see it look up that tweet look up like hint hint or something like wink wink i don't know from his account and it'll show you the thread of him replying to both leah and Wesley. You can take that part out. But anyway. But he made some really good points about how it had to be thought through. And I think he also mentioned this on the podcast episode he did with Stellan Geos Reviews, with Geos Reviews, um, in that there has to be a lot of thought and eloquence that goes into making a character like this trans and the implications of that. So I'm really glad that he, you know, had the time to really think that through and process it and set it up in a way that would not villainize her for being trans and doesn't imply that trans people are always villains. Vukora is a very, very complicated character, Mm -hmm. especially now when you add this factor of her being trans into it. And I'm just glad that it's being given the thought and the care that it needs so that it doesn't wind up fulfilling a stereotype or putting forth some other new stereotype or anything like that. So that's what we have to say on that. Shout out to Leah at Deus Ex Valorant on Twitter for forwarding, for furthering the Transbukora agenda. <laughs> and overall, Bounty Hunters gets two thumbs up, hold on, and a foot with lobster socks <laughs> from this podcast. Um, moving on from comics to our literacy emily what have you been reading uh i started resistance reward because i found a nice used hardcover copy uh when my grandpa took me to the bookstore a used bookstore that he has a bunch of credit at so i also didn't even have to pay for Uh, I'm like halfway through it so far and I am very much enjoying it. It is really good. Rebecca fucking did her homework um, pulling from like bloodlines and like uh, when I say it's the no way home of Star Wars, it's the no way home of Star Wars. You were right. Like she pulled from like, I noticed the blood, uh, the bloodline references, but also like, I know there's a bunch of stuff from like aftermath and Inferno squadrons and stuff like that. Um, the Poe comics? The Poe comics, yes, because Black Squadron shows up. Black Squadron! Yes, just Baba! My beloved. Um, uh, Poe's arc? Delicious. So, so good. Seeing him grapple with what happened in The Last Jedi and kind of tr- stepping into this role as a leader, I think really makes sense for them, like, where he is in The Rise of Skywalker, where we see him, like, trying especially to lead um Ray 
to like really engage. Um, and I love like seeing the little bits of like Finn and uh, Codex and Rose and Chewie. Have you gotten to the Finpo tie tying scene yet? No, no, I have not gotten to that That yet. part is coming up. That is literally like the Finpo scene. Okay. When they get to that party on the planet, it's been a while since I read it. Oh like, yes, yes. The, the auction. They just introduced yeah. the auction. Maz Kanata is really funny in mm-hmm. this. Um, seeing Wedge is really cool. Yeah. I think that he's a really, I think seeing him in his old age, especially like when he's talking about how like, uh, how like he has these aches and pains and Nora keeps telling him to go to the doctor, but like, he doesn't want to, because like, it's a symbol that like he is getting old when so many of his friends like didn't get to. Um, but then like Wedge and Nora being willing to like go back and die for the resistance is just like, yeah it's so beautiful um Leia's that first chapter of Leia Mm -hmm. oh that fucking hit but yeah this is it's really great so far I'm really enjoying it um excited to see where the rest of it goes I guess I wish there was so far just a little bit more Rey um Mm -hmm. it's not really I get it because like the whole trilogy is about her but I think that this like time period for her is really important so mm-hmm. I do wish that there was a little bit more of her um but I guess that also means that in the future we could get a book uh, more focused on her during this mm-hmm. so um and I think there's kind of one because I think Justine Ireland wrote like that uh one it's like Spark of the Resistance or something I think that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um I think it's a middle grade book yeah yeah um but yeah really liking that one so far so apparently people thinking. apparently people like hate it it's like one of the lowest rated books on goodreads and i think it's it's like a a component of it is like sequels hate but yeah to be fair i never trust the i never trust the reviews on goodreads for star wars canon books because you can scroll down and immediately find something and be like disney ruined star wars what is this mm. and like all of the higher public books have the this is woke bullshit like so I don't necessarily trust reviews on Goodreads for the okay. Star Wars books. But yeah, I think a, a component of it is sequel tape. But I... Really it's a like- really good book. It was one, of, I think it was the second Star Wars book I ever read, like second or third. And it was really good. Like to this day, it's still like top five in my yeah. Star Wars and once books. Again, I really appreciate it. I feel like Rebecca, like I... I feel like it's really... I mean, a lot of the authors do, but like it is just so noticeable how much she um respects the work that was done by mm-hmm. other authors in canon and how she builds on that and I really appreciate seeing that like the way that she took what was written and expanded on it and she mm-hmm. does a really great job especially once again especially with Leia after books like um Leia Princess of Alderaan and then Bloodline in particular like you can really tell that she like was building off of those two for her character and it is great <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll definitely have to give Resistance Reborn a reread because I I've started my literacy arc again. I have started Aftermath, which is a component of a large component of what happens in Resistance Reborn. Um, in more comics literacy world, I finished Star Wars 1998, which is the first Star Wars title from Dark Horse that happens like in the Republic era with Quinlan and Isla Secura. Mwah. Delicious. 
loved that part. The first part with Keanu Moody, not so much, but the rest of it was pretty damn good, if I do say so myself. Um, I've also started classic Star Wars, uh, also from Dark Horse, that is surprisingly on Marvel Unlimited. Somehow all the Dark Horse comics are on Marvel Unlimited, but I think I think a component of that is like when it they bought 20th Century Fox and the rights reverted back to Disney. So they like relabeled, like it doesn't say Dark Horse, it says like Star Wars where the Dark Horse logo would be. So those are all available on Marvel, Marvel Unlimited. And classic Star Wars is basically like an extension of Star Wars 1977, which is where it it takes you through the movies, but it it's kind of like how the comics are structured now, where like it goes in the in-betweens of the movies. And Star Wars 1977 is a large component of the in-betweens of the movies. So classic Star Wars is the in-betweens of the in-betweens of the movies of like the stories they didn't get to tell. And the art is by the one artist I really, really liked from Star Wars 1977. His name is Al Williamson. His shit is amazing. If you guys ever get a chance, read The Empire Strikes Back uh, adaptation, read classic Star Wars. And I think he has a couple more issues of like... Uh, Bronze Age uh, comics, like Silver and Bronze Age comics that he does for Star Wars. But yeah, that's really good. As for literacy, again, I'm reading Aftermath. I have to get Battle Scars. Uh, I also have to get Cataclysm when that comes out. So yeah, very literate on this podcast. Liv, do you have any literacy updates? No, no, I do not. (laughs) And that is okay. Speaking of illiteracy, If you haven't seen the announcement on Twitter already, we're going to be handing out stickers at Celebration of, I think there's three or four designs that you can get. One design is kind of like same one, just like it's kind of like an interactive thing. So our first design is just going to be like our pod logo that you can see on both Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, Speaking of TikTok, no one has touched that TikTok in months. We are very sorry. We are just very busy. I have a draft sitting in there. perhaps we could post that for you guys later but yeah the first one is just our pod logo that says kessel run relay a star wars podcast around the around the edges uh the second one is gonna be illiteracy prevails so it's gonna have a picture of a book with the words illiteracy prevails uh upon it because that's like a saying here on our podcast and then we have our interactive design is that it yeah we have our interactive interactive design which is going to be based on the civil war that took place on this podcast uh during the zuckus and merrick <laughs> glupshido poll so we designed the sticker to say i voted for blank in the glupshido poll with like a little square and a check mark and then if you can find me or live at celebration you can tell us who you voted for that's a very traumatizing statement, but you can tell us who you voted for in the Glupshido poll, and we'll give you the sticker that corresponds with your vote. So that's a little fun thing that we also have going for you guys at Celebration this year. There's um, no promise we won't judge you if you say you voted for Merrick. Also very I will give you the, judge you. I will give you a stink eye. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, but know that in spirit, I am appreciating you. <laughs> So yeah, disclaimer, we may judge you if you get Merrick stickers, but Emily won't. So two-thirds of the podcast will, just one-third like, won't. Once you get the Merrick sticker, just post about it on Twitter and tag M, and she'll, <laughs> she'll uh, validate you where we <laughs> invalidated you. 
so true. Yes. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have any final thoughts? Swag. <laughs> <laughs> so as always, you can find our socials in the description along with links to our other socials for our pod socials. Um, send us an email. That email is also available in the description. Um, we also love doing listener questions. As you can hear, we spent a whole 20, 30 minutes talking about our listener question. We like to talk on this podcast. So you can send us more uh, listener questions. Um, we hope you guys liked this episode of our first recap slash review of the first episode of season three of The Mandalorian. Uh, more coming on that. Uh, thank you all for listening and may the force be with you.